church, say it like you mean it. This is God's word. This is God's word. Not Pastor Evans' word. word. I am who it says I am. I can do what it says I can do. I can be who it says I can be. And I will have what it says I can have. Today, I will hear the word of God. I boldly declare that my mind is alert. My heart is receptive. My ears are open. And I better not go to sleep. I'll never be the same. In Jesus' name, amen. Let's pray together. Father, thank you for your word. Thank you that your word has power. And so I pray right now in the name of Jesus that the Holy Spirit will take everything that is said and breathe on it so each one of us can feel the life of God through your word. And I pray that everything that needs to be said will be said. And things that won't need to be said won't be said. And I thank you, Father, for taking every word of my mouth and the meditations of my heart. They will be acceptable to you. Therefore, Father, your people will receive it. And so I declare for signs, miracles, and wonders to follow our lives as a result of us hearing the word and applying it in our lives. In Jesus' mighty name, everybody say amen. Amen, amen. God bless you. You may be seated at home and you may be seated here in the house we are in the middle of a series and it's entitled growing in your faith everyone say growing in my faith and the goal of the series is to help some of us discover their faith help others strengthen their faith and then help us all better understand and utilize our faith so that we can experience some unprecedented things in our life and see God is not a respect of persons and what that means is he's gonna love everybody the same however he is a respecter of faith and what that means is he will respond to where our faith is say amen to that and the reason I'm covering this type of topic or area for our lives so early in the year is because our faith is what God has given all of us to help please him. Hebrews chapter 11 verse 6. They're going to put it on the screen. We know the verse. It says, but without faith, it is impossible to please him. For he that comes to God must believe that he is and that he is a rewarder of those who will diligently seek him. I love the Living Bible translation. It says this, you can never please God without faith. Everybody say, you can never please God without faith. He says, you can never please God without faith, without depending on him. Anyone who wants to come to God must believe that there is a God and that he rewards those who sincerely look for him. Faith is the one thing that will allow every believer to succeed in life reach new levels, overcome major obstacles, and experience God's best if you use it. And so what I'm going to do is just give a brief review, but I have a couple of surprises for you today. So last week, our message title was Speaking What You Believe. And the purpose of last week's message was to point out 
that we should purposely speak out loud what God's word says about us and our situations. It's what Pastor Polo was saying in worship today. And we had two points. Everybody say two points. We had two points on last week. And the first one was we need a script for our lips. Look at your neighbor and say, you need a script for your lips. If you're watching me at home, you need a script for your lips. And one of the key things that I was trying to get everybody to understand was that the scripture says faith comes by hearing. But if faith comes by hearing, someone has to be speaking for faith to happen. So if faith comes by hearing, watch this now, faith is released by the words of our mouth. And that was one of the key things. And here's something that you may not have ever thought about. Here's a take-home statement for you. And if you're watching us, our notes are available uh, through the YouVersion Bible app. And if you're here in the house, you should have gotten a handout with the notes for today. But here's a take-home statement that I want you to think about. If faith without works is dead, then faith without words is dead too. I'm going to say that again. If faith without works is dead, in other words, if you don't apply some works to your faith, your faith is dead. If you believe in God for a job and you're not going out there applying, then guess what? Your faith doesn't have works and it's dead. But if faith comes by hearing and hearing words, that means somebody needs to be talking, which means that if faith without works is dead, faith without words is dead as well. Say amen to that. And then the second point we looked at was scripted lips lead to a scripted life. In other words, I showed you last week that if we line our mouths up with God's word, we will have the kind of life he wants us to have. And so today, I want to start our lesson out with a testimony from a member. Now, this testimony relates directly to what I taught on last week. So I believe in my heart it is going to help everybody uh, who's watching and, and listening. And then if it doesn't help you, I believe it would encourage you. So I also think it's going to help because what I'm teaching, sometimes people think it only works for the pastor. And I think that's a deception for a lot of people. But see, when you teach principles from the word, principles don't change. And all you have to do is apply the principle and that principle will work for you. And so I believe that this testimony is going to help you see that the word that I'm teaching don't just work for me if I work it. Because how many know I have to work it just like you have to work it? Amen. And so one of the things I want you to pay attention to as I read this testimony is how many times this person referred to their confession. So are y'all ready to listen? Okay, so I'm going to read exactly what they said. It says, hey, Pastor E, I have a faith testimony to share. But I want to preface this by saying the way I use my faith in this situation is not based on what you're teaching now. This is based on what you have taught us, her husband and her, in the past. My husband and I have been sitting under your teaching for 15 years now. Just give them a hand clap for that right there, right? 15 years. Since November 2007, and we have grown so much. As you know, I left Wells Fargo 16, after 16 years, and I moved over to Chase. I quickly realized this was the wrong move, so I needed to activate, listen now, I needed to activate my faith for a new job. I have been looking for another job for about nine months now. Fast forward to January of this year, I was interviewing with three different 
viable companies that I thought would be good to work for. Facebook, Splunk, and U.S. Bank. I created, listen to this now, because see, the Bible says, how can you make a decision without first sitting down and counting the cost? So I want you to listen to what they did. I created a spreadsheet, and I typed out all the benefits they had to offer, and I ranked them in this order. The first one was Splunk, the second one was Facebook, and the third one was U.S. Bank. I knew I wanted to work at Splunk, so I wrote a confession, there it is one time, saying, this is where I wanted to work and how much I wanted to get paid annually. During the last week of January, I finished my final interview with U.S. Bank, and I knew they were going to offer me a job. But I still had two more interviews with Splunk, and I had only spoken with the recruiter at Facebook. I called my husband, and he was on the road, and told him this, and told him I wrote the confession. Everybody say, that's number two. They said, I wrote the confession on Splunk. I also told him I wanted to decline. Listen to church, because this is faith right here. I wanted to decline the job at U.S. Bank that if it was offered. And then this is what her husband said. He said, put your confession on it and decline the job if they offer it. Everybody said, that's number three. Now, you notice they're in unity too, right? Watch this. Sure enough, bright and early Monday morning, U.S. Bank called and offered the job. The kicker is this. They offered me 7000 more than the base salary they initially told me and 9000 in stock, plus I would be able to work from home. How many know that's a blessing right there, right? But see, when you start walking by faith, you got to be able to distinguish a good blessing from a God blessing. So then they go on to say, and I'm going to try not to preach through this, you know. I'm just trying to read. But I want to preach, but I'm going to just stick with the script. Stick with the script, Evan Connor. So I told the recruiter that I was declining the offer, which was a very fair one. And I told her I decided to take a job outside of the financial services industry. Now, remember, I still had two interviews to complete with Splunk and had only spoken to the recruiter at Facebook. After I hung up the phone with the recruiter, watch this, I said out loud, everybody say out loud, I said out loud, okay, Lord, it's on you. I finished with my other interviews within that same week, and on Friday, the recruiter from Splunk, my first choice, called me and said she did not have everything officially on paper, but the senior leaders wanted to make me a job offer. She then asked me my salary requirements, which I thought was strange because we talked about it the week before and agreed on what she was going to go in with. I told her my salary requirements again, and I asked her if this was in range. She responded, we just received a new salary structure, so we will see. I was bothered by this, but quickly rebounded because I recognized this was a trick of the devil and he was just trying to make me doubt and miss that God had already given me. God had already given me what I asked for in my confession. There's number four. So watch this. So I pulled my phone out and I scrolled to my confession, that's number five, and said it out loud. I called my husband and told him the scenario and he said, stick to your confession. That's number six. We both knew that God did not bring us this far, bring me this far to leave me. So about an hour later, on the same day, say on the same day. It don't take faith long to work. On the same day, the recruiter called me back and said she had a verbal offer for me. 
pastor. They offered me 5000 more than I asked for and 20% bonus and $100,000 in stock options. And uh, yeah, you can clap right there if you want to. I can work from home 100% and the base salary is $32,000 more than my current base salary. Come on, clap again. Come on, clap like it's you. Clap like it's you. Because see, God will respond to you like you respond to others. God showed out and was faithful to me stepping out on faith. This is a testament to what you always say. We're waiting on God, but God is waiting on us to move. I would have never uh, turned down that first offer without any other viable offers on the table if if I was operating on my own. That's so good. My faith allowed me to leap and decline knowing God was going to be faithful to me. Thank you for teaching us faith all these years. Now I am going to take these new lessons and move up higher in my faith wall. Thank you for letting me share my testimony. Give the Lord a hand clap for that. Was that encouraging or what? So now because the aspect of faith that I taught you on last week was directly tied to this testimony, you know, I asked you know, this individual, because they referred to their, their confession so many times, I asked this individual to bless us with her actual confession. Because I want you to hear what this person was saying to get the manifested blessings in their life. So not only did I provide them with the notes online, I also provided the confession on your notes that they handed out to you today. So I'm just going to read it to you because this is what this person was confessing. Father, your word says anything I ask in your name, I shall have if I believe. Father, in the name of Jesus, I ask you for the job at Splunk as an employee relations case manager. I thank you for $150,000 base pay and all of the benefits that come with the job. I thank you, Father, that you put my name in rooms I have not walked in and into the mouths of people I've never met. I thank you, Father, for finding favor on me in the name of Jesus, and I believe I receive it. Amen and amen. See, that's a confession right there, y'all. And here's the thing that I noticed about this couple. I have watched them over the years live by faith. Say amen to that. In other words, watch this now. They haven't just used their faith as a life jacket. They've used their faith as a lifestyle. Hebrews chapter 10 verse 38 says this. Now the just shall live by faith. But if any man draws back, he says, my soul shall have no pleasure in him. Verse 39 says, but we are not of those who draw back into perdition, but of those that believe to the saving of the soul. See, God wants us to reach a point where faith is not a life jacket. Now, there's nothing wrong with a life jacket if you're drowning. Give me a life jacket if I'm drowning. But listen, Peter didn't need a life jacket to walk on the water. What did he do? He walked out on the word. And that's what living by faith is. It's living by the word. And so, you know, as I was thinking about, okay, what do I need to teach our church? Uh, If you're taking notes, our lesson title today is Making Faith a Lifestyle. 
The just shall live by faith. It's a lifestyle. And the goal of today's message, watch this now, is to help you make a decision and follow up that decision with actions to live by faith. Or if you're already living by faith, my goal is to help you recommit your life to living by faith at a new level. Now, you might uh, recall this, but one of the major things that I've been emphasizing over the last two lessons is the importance of what you say. And as I was meditating on the lesson, you know, I asked myself a question that I wanted to ask you. So everybody say, hmm. Okay, so here's a question that I want to ask you right up front as I was meditating on today's message. Here's the question. What have you done with last week's message? Y'all said, hmm, without me even telling you, didn't you? Hmm. What have you done with last week's message? Over this past week, here's my question. Have you purposefully used your words and mouth to declare God's promises for your life? Now, just look at your neighbor and say, he's about to say something strong. Okay, so if you're at home and you're laying in the bed, just hold on to the bedpost. I'm about to say something very strong. If you have not done anything with that word that I gave you on last week, it's because you have a mind problem. Your mind has not been renewed enough. Listen to me, church. If you have not done anything with what I told you last week, you have a mind problem. Your mind has not been renewed enough to believe the word that I taught you about last week. For Watch this, because if he had, you would have started doing something about it. So you see, once you believe something, then your mind gets renewed on it, action takes place. That's how it works. And so the thing is this, it doesn't really take long to renew your mind. We think it takes long. But it really doesn't take long to renew your mind. Once you understand the benefits of why something is good to change, you can change almost immediately if you need to. And I can prove, I can prove to you this morning that uh, it could take almost seconds for you to renew your mind to something. Because, see, we've been brought up, well, you got to renew your mind with the word, and that's true. But, see, we, we think that that's an, a, 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 like a, a lifetime thing. No, it's lifetime, meaning you should do, do that on a regular basis for the rest of your life because your mind is like a rubber band. If you stretch it, you got to keep it stretched. If not, it's going to go back to where it came from. Well, I want to prove to you this morning that all it takes is seconds to just renew your mind, and watch this, and for you to believe something and for you to take action. Are y'all ready for me to prove that to you? Okay, so when y'all were not here, when nobody was here in this auditorium, I placed one envelope in one, two, three sections. So there are three envelopes out there, right? I put three envelopes under one chair in each section that has $100 cash in it. So take a minute and look under your chair to see if it's your chair. And if it is, stand up with it so I know, okay, we got one over here. And if you don't see nobody standing up in the middle section or well, your section, that means it's under one of the empty chairs. So if you find it, you can have it. You better get to looking. You better get to looking. Look at all these people. Look. 
ain't never seen y'all move like this. Come on, if you found it in the middle, you got to look good. Stand up if you find it. Okay, we got one found it over here. I put it in the middle. I'm telling you, I'm waiting. I'm waiting. Y'all ain't look. Uh Uh-oh, here we go right here. Stand up. Stand up. Stand up. Now, oh, wait a minute. I want you to do this in front of everybody. Those of you standing up, open your envelopes and tell me what's on the inside. Show it to everybody. Oh, we got cash right here. Got a hundred right here. And got a hundred right here. Give the Lord a head clap. Now, let me point something out. First of all, that was my money. I'm not even going to ask for it back. I'm sowing that in your life because I want you to see that what I'm teaching is real. So here's my point in the whole activity. Once you heard what I said and you understood it with your mind and then you believed it, action took place. I'm going to say that again. Once you heard what I said, how does faith come? It comes by hearing. And then you understood the instructions with your mind. And then you decided to believe because you can hear something and not believe it and not do nothing. See, some of y'all probably would think I was joking. So you just sat in your seat. But once you heard it, you understood it. Then you believed it. Action took place. In other words, once you understood and believed your mind understood the benefit and you changed just like that. You went from sitting down looking all comfortable and sedity to looking crazy all up on the seat. I saw some of y'all was like, I'm going to give you another example. Because see, some of y'all think it takes a long time to change. But it doesn't. Here's another example. How many of you have ever had a job and decided to look for a new job? And this new job was at a different company. It paid more than your company that you were at. And you interviewed with the company and they gave you the new position. So after the start date they gave you, you put in your two-week notice. After your two-weeks notice was put in, this job has better benefits. It has, you know, it's a different location and all that. When it was time to go to work on the first day, let me tell you what you did not do. You did not drive back to your old job. You know what you did? You got in your car and you drove to the new job. Why? Because instantly, because of the benefits, your mind got renewed real fast to know I don't work there no more. I work over here because they pay me some more money. In other words... Your mind got renewed just like that. And once our minds are renewed, then watch this. Then we will say what's right because your mouth only speaks what you think. And so some of you all haven't been able to say stuff that's coming out of your mouth right because your mind ain't right. See, your mouth can't be right until your mind gets right. Look at your neighbor and say, you need to get your mind right. So here's a take-home thought that I want you to think about, and then I'm going to jump into this. This is so good. Here's a take-home thought. A renewed mind transforms an old life. A renewed mind transforms an old life. Romans chapter 12, verse 2 says, And be not conformed to the world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. 
And once your mind is renewed, you'll be able to prove what's good and acceptable and the perfect will of God. The Amplified says this. Do not be conformed to this world, this age, fashioned after and adapted to its external superficial customs. Because many of us, we don't realize we have been conformed to the world. That's why you date like the world, you talk like the world, you live like the world, you drink like the world. Hello! He said, but be transformed, changed by the entire renewal of your mind, by its new ideals and its new attitude, so that you may prove for yourselves what is the good and acceptable and perfect will of God, even the thing which is good and acceptable and perfect in his sight for you. Our thinking, which shapes our perspective, listen, church, must be trained to think like God. I'm going to say that again. Our thinking, which is shaped by our perspective, must be trained to think like God. And the only way to live by faith, church, listen, is to have the right mental perspective. And so something happened on last week that I thought was very powerful. So if you're taking notes, I only have one point today, and I'm going to hammer this point like a hammer. Here's the first point, and then I'm going to point something out. Point number one. The spiritual perspective of faith. I want to talk about the spiritual perspective of faith. And so last week, one of our young members, 20, 21, somewhere up in there, asked me a very good question. They said, Pastor, how do I say something uh, or declare something when it doesn't seem like it's true? They said, It seems like I'm not being honest with myself and with other people if I'm saying something, listen church, that is completely opposite of what I'm going through. So what I did for this this young believer, I I quoted Romans 14, 17, okay? It says this, as it is written, I have made you a father of many nations, God was talking to Abraham, before him whom believed, even God, watch this now, who quickens the dead, and God calls those things which be not as though they were. So this is what I said to the individual. I say, listen, if you're in therapy or counseling, you need to share with them how you're feeling and where you are. I say, but outside of counseling and therapy, you need to say what God's word says about your life because that's what God is saying about Abraham. He says, no, you got to call those things which be not as though they were. Say amen to that. And what makes that hard to do is, is when how we feel and what we see seems more real than what God has said. And this is why we've been instructed to walk by faith and not by sight or not by our senses. That's why Hebrews 11.3 says, through faith we understand that the worlds were framed by the word of God. Notice it says, through faith we understand. See, some things in life you're not going to understand through the facts and through the flesh. See, some things you're going to have to understand through faith. And he says, through faith we understand, watch this now, that the worlds were framed by the Word of God. When you look the word framed up, it's the word, uh, it means mended, repaired, and restored. So he's saying, listen, through faith is how we understand that the worlds have been repaired, mended, and restored by the Word of God. And listen, in fact, when you look up that word uh, framed or mended, When Jesus saw some of the disciples before they were disciples, he saw some of them on their boat and they were mending their nets. That word mending is the same word framed. So if God used his word, listen church, to mend the worlds, 
you and I are going to need his word to mend ours. See, you got to understand, in the beginning, the world was dark. So God used his word to frame, mend, restore, and repair that world. It was dark, and he says, let there be light. And guess what happened? Light came. Why did light come? What did God do? He used his word to mend the world. And if he used his word to mend his world, we're going to need his word to mend our world. Say amen to that. So this means now that what we can see with our eyes actually came from something that God spoke. In other words, let me say it like this. The visible was only made possible by the invisible, which was his word. Now, uh, go to 2 Corinthians chapter 4. I'm skipping a little bit in my notes because I just want to cover this. Uh, 2 Corinthians chapter 4. I said this verse on last week, and then I'm going to point this out. It says, we have in the same spirit of faith, according as it is written. He says, I believe, therefore have I spoken. I believe, therefore have I spoken. Now, when God speaks... He uses his word to reach over into the invisible world and his words because they're spirit. Now, once it's spoken, it has to come to pass because he watches over his word to perform it. So when God talks, the moment he says what he says, it takes, watch this now, his words are spirit. He speaks on one side, the spiritual side, and then it goes over onto the natural side. He said, let there be light. Light didn't exist. But guess what? Once he said it, guess what happened? Light came to pass. So I want, they go, they gonna come. I got some guys that I'm gonna do an illustration with. And I want you to go to Colossians chapter 1 verse 12. Colossians 1 12. So these are my young men. And uh, y'all give them a hand clap, please, if y'all would. Now, I've done this illustration before, but here's the problem. Some of you have a spiritual leak somewhere in your life. You ever had a tire that had a leak in it? But you didn't know it had a leak till you got in your car and the tire was low. It's like, whoa, just overnight. It was fine yesterday. My tire's low. Got a leak. Well, what did you have to do? You went to the gas station. What'd you do? Put some air in it, right? So you got, oh, okay, maybe it's the weather. Then you came out of, you know, from work, tires low again. You know what that means? You got a leak. See, some of us, we have a faith leak. And that's not, not it's not working no more like it should because it, we have a leak. So uh, there's a scripture that says, therefore, this is Hebrews 12, 1, 2, 1, you don't have to go to it. Therefore, we ought to give the most earnest heed to the things which we have heard, lest at any time we should let them slip. So some things you have to hear again. Now, I did this illustration four years ago, but it ties into what I want to do. So Colossians chapter 1, verse 12, I'm going to read it, and then we're going to jump into it. It says, giving thanks unto the Father, which has made us to be partakers of the inheritance in the light. Watch this. Who has delivered us from the power of darkness and has translated us into, watch this now, his what? Kingdom of his dear son, in whom we have redemption through his blood, even the forgiveness of sin, who is in the image of the invisible God at the firstborn of every creature. Watch this. For by him were all things created 
that are in heaven that are visible and what? Okay, so we have visible and invisible. So there are three things that I want you to see. Okay, so this is the front which represents the natural. Everybody say the natural. Okay, but then this is the back which represents the spiritual. Okay, the back, the front also represents the visible and the back also represents the invisible. The front also represents the carnal world or the natural world. And then the back also involves the spiritual world. One world you can see, and this is where most people live, but then it's this realm back here that's the invisible realm. And I'm going to read it again. It said that God, he made the visible world And also the invisible world. Okay? So, if there are visible things and invisible things, where does faith lie? See, faith operates over here in the invisible realm. And here's what happened. Before you were saved, you couldn't see nothing back there because you were blinded by darkness. All you could see is this. That's why why everything bothered you. you. You just functioned in the flesh. There were no solutions to problems. So you got saved. You got born again. And so God put the ability in you that he has. He can see on both sides now. Because I'm now a spirit being. So if I'm a spirit being, I don't just live on this side. I need to learn how to live on this side. Because see, once I learn how to live on this side, there are some things on this side that need to get on this side. But watch this though. There are some things on this side that would never get on that side. See, flesh will never get on the spiritual side. That's why we have to be born again, right? So watch this now. Verse 15 says, Who is an image of the invisible God, for by him all things were created that are in heaven and that are in earth, visible, invisible, whether there be thrones, principalities, powers, and all were created by him. I had a conversation with a a young person recently. And they believed in evolution. I said, okay, that's cool. That don't scare me. I was taught evolution too. How many? If you were past 45, you were taught evolution. And, you know, they showed us. I'll never forget. They showed us the pictures of the monkeys. Y'all saw them? And they thought, it was, you know, it started out like this. And then it, it grew like that, right? I didn't know no better. I was like, oh, man, <laughs> you monkey. And, you know, you end up in a fight. You call somebody a monkey. You call their mama a monkey. You was fighting. <laughs> but then, as I got older, I was like, we, 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 we couldn't have come from monkeys. So then I got saved. So this is what I told this young person. I said, let me tell you something. I said, okay, you believe we came from monkeys. That's cool. I said, where'd the monkeys come from? I mean, if I came from a monkey, where did the monkey come from? They thought about it and said, hmm. I said, somebody had to make a monkey. I say, so if a person has enough sense to make a monkey, don't they have enough sense to make a human if that's what they want? It ain't like we a tadpole turning into a frog. God don't need us to evolve. He made us the way he wants to. And so, long story short, I ended up helping them see that we didn't evolve. We were created. So watch this now. 2 Corinthians chapter 4, verse 13. I'm going to now read. I'm almost done. I'm going to now read 
to show you that faith is on the spiritual side of things. Second Corinthians chapter 4, verse 13. Can y'all see it? Okay, good. Y'all can see that. It says this. We having the same spirit of faith. Everybody say, the spirit of faith. Okay, so, so where is faith? Which side, of the, which side of the realm is faith on? It's over here. So, watch this. Let me ask you something. Let's say I'm faith, okay? Who am I? I'm faith. Can you see me right now? No. But do I, am I real? Okay, see, and until you know and believe in your heart that the faith lifestyle is real, you won't function in it. And that's why most people don't. They don't believe that it's back there, but it's back there. So watch this now. This is so good. It says, uh, verse, what did I say? What did I, let's see. Uh, here we go. Verse 15. Verse 14. Knowing this, that he which raised up Jesus Christ from the dead also presented us with you. Verse 15. For all things are for your sakes, that the abundant grace might be through the thanksgiving of many rebound to the glory of God. Watch verse 16. For we, watch this, we cause not, for which cause we don't faint. In other words, he's saying, listen, faith is real, it's invisible, I know it is, and we have that same spirit of faith, and so we believe, therefore we've spoken. So then he says, for which cause we understand faith, we don't faint about it. He says, but though our outward man perish, which side of that is? That's this side. He says, though our outward man perish, watch what he says. Yet our inward man, which is on the back, is renewed day by day. And with that understanding, he says in verse 17, for our light affliction, what I'm going through, it's a light thing. It's only just for a moment. And it's working for us a more exceeding and eternal weight of glory. Watch this. He said, the reason I can say that is because I'm not looking at the things that I see. I'm looking at the things that are not seen. He said, my perspective is not just over here. My perspective is over here. And watch this. He says, Though we look not on the things that are seen, but on the things that are not seen. Watch the New Living Translation because I'm going to point something out and then we're going to close. He says, so we don't look at the troubles we can now see. Rather, we fix our gaze on things that cannot be seen. Question, how do you see something that can't be seen? We just read it. He says, we gaze, watch this, we gaze or fix our gaze on things that cannot be seen. How can you see something you can't see? Well, when you put on faith glasses, you'll be able to see what you normally don't see. Watch this, because faith glasses see what God sees. And you, when you have your faith glasses on, you can't have faith without the word. So now my eyes are on the invisible because now my eyes have my faith glasses on, which now shows me what the word says. So now how do I see the invisible? I'm seeing the word. So now when the natural says I'm broke, the spiritual says, but all my needs are met according to his riches and glory by Christ Jesus. When over here, my body says you are sick. But over here, I'm looking with my spiritual eyeglasses through faith. And he says, oh, but by his stripes, I'm healed. See, and what, whichever side you stare on the most is the one you're going to manifest the most. Did y'all get that? So Ephesians 1, 3, we're closing with this. Ephesians 1, 3 says this. Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. Watch this. Who hath 
past tense, blessed us, past tense, with how many spiritual blessings? All spiritual blessings. And where are they? They're in heavenly places in Christ Jesus. So he said, listen, Jesus, God has already blessed us, watch this, with all spiritual blessings. These blessings are in heavenly places in Christ. And so this is why I've been trying to get you to open your mouth and declare the promises in your life. Because, watch this now, he said that these spiritual blessings are in heavenly places. So which side are the blessings on? They're back here. So how do I get the spiritual blessings to manifest in the natural? Because I need money to pay my bills. Right? If he said all of my needs have been met according to his riches and glory by Christ Jesus, how do I make that manifest on this side? You do just like he did. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. And God said, let there be light. He's on this side. It's dark over there. Let there be light. And there was light. So what you got to do, God made the transfer, watch this church, from the invisible over to to the visible by what he said. And that's why I'm trying to get you to open your mouth up. If you don't open up your mouth, listen, there's some natural requests. You won't even get in the natural if you don't open your mouth up. See, some of you all have gotten so used to the broke status. I ain't got a raise in five years. My question is, how many times have you asked for one? My boss would get tired of me asking for a raise. If I ain't had no raise in five years, every week, they're going to get an email. Hey, boss, how you doing? I'm praying for you. (laughs) Just wanted to know, have you figured my, my, my raise out yet? I would like a reply. Thank you. (laughs) Some things are only going to take place if you open up your mouth. And see, some of us, what's funny is we got a big blabber mouth on everything and we got an opinion on everything. You on Facebook, you act like you are an expert on just communication on Facebook. You telling everybody everything. You talking about the news, the weather. You talking about what happened at the Super Bowl and the and oh, that was a great performance halftime show. You you just talking, 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 but you ain't saying nothing that amounts to nothing. Why don't you use that same mouth and begin to declare what God says about you? Oh, I'm the head and not the tail. I'm above only and not beneath. I'm the lender. I'm not just a borrow. Greater is he that's it. Oh, if God is for me, don't mess with me because can't nobody be against me. But you talk about it. Oh, they out there. They hating it. Now, just stop talking about the haters. Why don't you talk about the, the one that loves you? And here's the thing. Because next week, I'm going to show you how to guard your heart by faith. Because, see, a lot of people's hearts are clogged up with unbelief and doubt and and hurt and pain and unforgiveness and see those things uh, are in your heart and when they're in your heart faith can't be produced so I'm going to show you how to guard your heart by faith next week but until then (laughs) until then look at your neighbor and say neighbor you need to say something say something 
say something this week. This week. This week. I want you to do something right now. I want you to get your phones out. I want you to put, or put your notes. I want you to write down something you need to say this week, every day. See, the way you get rid of unbelief, you got to put in belief. When our church needed $6,000 a week, there were times I might say it 35, 40 times a day. When you start seeing those bills in your mind, you got two choices, to talk about the bills or to talk about the solution. And so I would say, Father, I thank you. We're the Truth Family Church. We're a giving church. And because we are a giving church, you said men would give back to us. Good measure, pressed down, shaking together and running over. Shall men good to give unto the bosom? So, Father, I declare that you, uh, uh, your people are blessed and that without strange stress or struggle, every single week a minimum of $6,000 comes into this church in Jesus' mighty name. And you know what? And then the devil would say, but you ain't going to have it. And I would say, Father, I thank you in Jesus' name that we're the Truth Family Church. We are a giving church. And because we are a giving church, you said men would give back to our bosom. Good measure, pressed down, shaking together and running over. And Father, I declare that a minimum of $6,000 comes in every week without stress, strain, or struggle. Thank you for blessing your people with it and for them obeying the gift. And the devil said, but it ain't going to come in. Father, I thank you in Jesus' name that Word of Truth Family Church is a giving church. And because we are giving church, me and giving to our bosom, good measure, press the ashes together and run it over. And Father, I thank you that a minimum of $6,000 comes in every single week without stress, strain, or struggle. And I thank you for blessing your people, for them to bring it into your house. And then the devil, he slowed down because he said he saw that every time he threw the thought in my mind i opened my mouth up then i got i got smart on that rascal i raised the amount (laughs) so how do we apply this decide today to live by faith decide today number two Maintain the right faith perspective by being more conscious of the invisible things than you are the visible things. And then number three, activate your faith by using God's spiritual word to transfer your natural blessings. Did you get something out of the word today? Give the Lord a hand clap if you did. So with every head bow, maybe you're watching me. Here's my question to you. If you die today, are you 100% sure you go to heaven? Because if you're not 100% sure you go to heaven, I'm talking to you. Maybe you're in the room right now. If you died and you're not sure you'd go to heaven,